Welcome to Soft Bites Podcast. Your life, your dentistry. We talk about ways to have more fun and meaning in one of the coolest and most rewarding professions in medicine. Conversations on how to bring awareness, create a healthy workplace, and provide emotional insights to make dentistry a fulfilling activity while making space for one's wonder, creativity, and freedom. Here are your hosts, Manuela and George Andre. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Hello, Andre. How are you? Yes, we are back on. Uh more frequent recordings after summer. Yes, 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 yes. True, true. It's good. It's good to be back uh, to be back on uh, on track. Okay, so today we are going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about work conditions, um, but in a very particular um, scenario. So, how to negotiate your work conditions uh, in dentistry and because I think it's quite peculiar in the history. And we were talking about this before uh, starting recording that because dentistry is, is quite a, um, yeah, it's quite a technical uh, work. Uh, sometimes just the words on your CV and you might have a lot of uh, pages on your CV um but in dentistry they don't uh, i mean they mean something but for you to show your your value it's quite another 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 thing so um we're going to talk about this today but the first the first topic that i want to bring to the table is work conditions equals money so when you are negotiating your work conditions are you negotiating your salary? Are you negotiating a salary, or are you negotiating uh, like a something more than that? What do you think? What is your view on that? So I think that's a very nice way to put it. I think it's um, usually when we talk about negotiating working conditions, we are mainly talking about money. Yes, usually that we are. That's what we are talking about, but. Uh, it's way more than that, <clears throat> and especially newer generations. I think they value other aspects as well. And uh, for me, I can talk about my experience. I would value other aspects as well. So uh, uh, I, I think it also depends on the time of your career that you are. And we can talk about that initial phase uh, and then a more mature phase in your career. But um, when we are, uh, especially on the early stages of our career, um, we are not only talking about uh, money by no means. I mean, there's a whole uh, different other um, assets that you can eventually that 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 can that can place some weight on the decision. And I was thinking about, um, of course, the working hours. Right? It depends. And when I mean working hours, if, if you have a job proposed that it's needed that they, okay, so I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you, you're going to have to work four or five days of the week in this practice, but you'll need to work uh, like every Saturday. Um, that can be, it depends on your goals. It depends on, on, on your, uh, on your personal life. You can accept that or not. I mean, so working hours can be, can be uh, beneficial or not. 
Other thing can be the location, right? I mean, if it's something that you, if it's a practice that is very convenient in terms of location, that also uh, uh, um, waits on the decision. Another very important thing that is very dear to me is the possibility of evolution. For example, I was, and I talked about this many times in the podcast, uh, basically, uh, I think that uh, when I started to, uh, to, to think about opening a practice, my goal was to document cases, right? So, at, and that's the reason why I opened a practice. If I had an opportunity of someone that would rent me the space or that would allow me to spend like three or four hours with a patient to document a case, that probably would have, um, I would have um, thought twice about opening the practice. So uh, um, if I have the chance of uh, eventually document cases, if that, if that is what eventually some of the listeners want to do, that's also something that waits on the decision. If someone tells you, look, you're going to work here, uh, but then I will allow you like one morning or one uh, uh, afternoon a day or two hours uh, uh, a week or three hours to document your cases and um, and we are not going to look about the numbers in terms of productivity, but productivity, but we'll also allow you to, um, to, to document the cases. Uh, another thing is also the potential of evolution. I mean, if you are going to a practice that is a very reputable practice where you know the professionals are very good and that you can eventually learn within the environment or learn being part of the team, that's also something that... Uh, <clears throat> that waits on the decision of your working conditions. So, so yes, I agree with you. I think that working conditions are way, way beyond the the, the financial part only. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about. Uh, and you already mentioned. So it's completely different if you are negotiating your work conditions. In, if you are um, uh, um, a new uh, dentist, if you just graduate graduated yeah. from uh, yeah. uh, from dentistry, or if you have already uh, some experience. So let's talk about yeah. uh, if uh, if you are a new dentist, um, and how yeah. can you then then negotiate uh, 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 work conditions in a practice? Because you, we know that I mean, uh, um, and yeah. uh, there are there are different conditions here in Europe. Uh, in different uh, countries we know for example in portugal yeah. there's uh, the, the young generations they 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 ba ba battle uh, to start um but how do you think that if you are a new dentist how can you better negotiate your work conditions and and um you already said okay so it's different from it's not negotiating a salary Yeah. Uh, you should uh, also look for uh, for other conditions, but this in a practical way. And I know that you have a, a, an approach to this. You already mentioned in the podcast, we are going back uh, to yeah. that. But I know that you have a, a, an approach how a young dentist can negotiate this, this his work yeah. conditions yeah. and the way that he should work to in order to start and to have that 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 growth yeah. that you were talking about. I think that um, when we talk about uh, uh, someone that's going to start to practice, I think that we have to take into account that. Um, so, so the, the first thing is that when you are uh, recently graduated, 
it's you, you you are navigating you start navigating the world right and i think that it's very important to keep your options open because you do not you have not yet developed a very clear vision of um what you want to to be even as a person or as a professional and i think this is a very important uh point here uh and i think it happened to you the same i mean so so the first thing the first let's say strange thing is that when you are 18 someone asks you to to decide what's the degree that you want to take right that's a little bit violent right this is why more and more people today they they take like a year off and they, and they start to work before college I, and i think honestly i i find that more and more interesting i mean so you you graduate you 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 do your um you do your uh, your your basic studies and before you go to college you th you took a, a one week one year off or two years off it can eventually be to travel but actually ideally it should be some something that would test your capacity of being independent financially and i think that's very interesting uh you start to work you see what you like you see what you don't like because that's that 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 i think that will will get you closer to what are the things that you like and that you don't like so that that's the first violence okay so now you took the 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 now you took dentistry right for whatever reason and the most common reasons might be uh, i like healthcare i like people um i like the um, i like the 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 medical part of a profession in terms of uh, um, being able to help others, being able to contribute to the patient's health. Um, I think um, that those are basically the main... The, I mean, I think that the reasons, they may not be exactly the same, but the reason that, that makes someone choose dentistry are not that much different from the same reason that makes someone choose medicine. I mean, you, you just want to help in a genuine way. That's, that's, that's what I think that most, most of the people that choose dentistry um, that's the reason why they choose it okay so now you graduate right so so you graduate and then it doesn't mean that you have a very clear vision of what dentistry actually is or what you want to do inside dentistry and let's be honest dentistry is mainly private right so if it if it is like medicine you are pretty much taken by the hand by the system so you go now you do an internship now you do the spe you're trained for your specialty now you go to hospitals i mean the next 10 years are pretty much drawn to you pretty much uh decided by the system itself dentistry is very different dentistry it's mainly private so uh because it's private you have to move your ass right you have to to really uh start to dig and find where you what you would like to work how you would like to work etc etc but uh there's a big catch here it which is you haven't actually been in the field and by being in the field is treating patients i mean you have two or three years in college but it's completely different the academic environment is has nothing to do with private practice which is what we have most of us are talking about so you go into private once you go into private practice and you practice for one two or three years as a general dentist as a general dentist uh 
I think that uh, before that, before working as a general dentist for two or three years, I don't think that you are in conditions of knowing what you want to do or be in dentistry. I don't think that you, it's very rare that you find someone that has a very clear vision of what they, exactly what they want to do. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In my, in, in, in my, 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 my story, I will, I had it very clear when I graduated that I wanted to, to write stuff in dentistry. In, in, I mean, I wanted to write scientific articles. That, that was something that was a no-brainer for me. But I think that's an exception, right? I mean, when you have someone that, is a, that has this creative pull towards writing something, that's one thing. But I don't think it's very common. But if you, if you have that clear, it's something that is completely natural in you, of course, that you have to go for it. But I don't think that is the most usual stuff, right? So um, I think that you have to be really careful of being... Uh, I think that you have to, the first two or three years, your main goal, in my opinion, is to learn. Because that's your, that's your richness. Your richness is learning. So the first two to three years, you have to learn, right? And there are s several reasons for that. I mean, one of them, it's very important. You may hate dentistry. Let's be honest. So if you, don't, if you experiment and if you hate dentistry... The first thing that you have to realize, if, if it's something completely unbearable, you have to change your direction somewhere else, right? So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I really like this experimentation approach. Um, I like the I don't know philosophy, and I think that we will probably going to talk a little bit about that in the future. I mean, but, but having an approach which is, especially when you are young, which is, okay, let's test it, let's see how it goes, right? Let's start to work with patients. Let's see what I like. Do I like surgery? Do I like orthodontics? Do I like prosto? Do I like endo? Do I like perio? I mean, there's so many things that you can eventually, I mean, do, do I like, would I be a good teacher? Do I like to teach? What do I think about cre creating something or writing something? Are those things that attract me, right? And I think that for that, you have to start to work. But when I mean that the main goal is learning, it doesn't mean that you have to be exploited in, in, in work, right? You don't have to, to you, you, you have to have what I would say, uh, minimum working conditions, minimal financial working conditions. Yes, your goal is not to get rich in the first two or three years. Your goal is to learn, right? So I think that that is the first thing, because I think that only by learning, you can know exactly what you want, and then you can negotiate your working conditions. But it takes time to learn, right? It takes one, two, three years. I would always advise anyone that starts dentistry, that really wants a career in clinical dentistry, because some people, they don't want, they want a career maybe in academic dentistry, or I don't know, public dentistry or, um, I mean, you, you don't have to be uh, a dentist. You, if you took dentistry, you don't need a, necessarily to be a, 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 a clinician. I mean, you can do something else. But for the vast majority, that's what we are talking about. So, okay, so, so test your clinical skills. So learn the clinical skills, right? And if it's something that you really like, don't bother about being lousy with your hands. We had the uh, Professor Antonio Mata here on the last podcast and we were talking, uh, and he, he was telling us that he had uh, very big um, uh, uh, obstacles with his hands. He thought that he did not have a very, uh, his skills with his hands were not very good, but he, he just kept practicing. And for me, it's the same thing. 
Uh, today, I consider myself to have very good hands, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. So I think that I had to work extra hard. Um, so I think that in the first years, the main goal is to learn, right? So do whatever it takes to learn. And if you really, really want to, if you are really, really serious, sometimes you find this, those kinds of people. People that, look, I want to be the best clinician in Portugal. I want to be the best clinician in the world in a specific field. If you feel something like that, if you really feel something like that, I would sacrifice myself to learn with the best. I would do that. I would try to search for the best opportunities. I would ask people to go and see them working for free or to help or to be like a, 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 a nurse for free in, my, in your free time. I would, I would do things like that, right? But that, that does not mean that you need to keep living at your parents' expenses in the first years. I think it's at the same time that you are a learner, you, you, you need to seek for your financial independence as soon as possible. Because when you learn to pay your own bills, this is when actually growth happens, right? Uh, the possibility of starting to live alone, it's very important as soon as possible, saving money as soon as possible in order to be able to do that. So yes, having a learner mentality, uh, and of course, you are not going to expect that you that you are going to be paid as um, as you would like to be paid, like in ten years. But you need to try to search for financial uh, independence as soon as possible during those two or three years. And sometimes it's very difficult. This doesn't mean that you need to eventually hold for one, two or three years in your in your parents' house. But if you do so, do not get accommodated with that because you have to. I mean, you may eventually be saving some money, but that money is to be saved for your independence, right? So uh, I think it's very important that we understand that um, that being financially independent as soon as possible, it's very important. And if you, th and it's also uh, one of the other options is to, to travel to and to live in somewhere else, to live in another, in another country, because then we'll talk about that in some situations. That's even in the first years, that's the thing that you have to do. But I think that the most important thing, if you want to be a good dentist, a clinician, it's to learn. That's the main focus. Uh, you have to learn how you have to learn and to test and to place yourself into um, difficult clinical scenarios so that you can have eventually understand who you are as a clinician, what you like as a clinician, how you see yourself in the in the future as a clinician, and then and then you can eventually uh, think about uh, um, think about negotiating your working conditions. So I would say that, in a nutshell, I would work. I would like to work with, I would say, average financial conditions in the country that you have chosen to work. I would like average financial conditions and then use that opportunity to learn either in the practice that you are or just ask someone else to go and look at uh, uh, to, to 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 help them in the appointments for free yes for free if you have some free time just do that Go and I'm not talking about treating patients for free. I'm talking about asking someone, look, I can be your nurse. I can I can help you clean the, the, the rooms or something. I just want to see you doing surgery. I just want to see you placing implants. I just would like to see you doing preps or bonding veneers. Just 
And I'm not asking for anything. I'll behave here. I know. Just tell me how I should behave and I will be here and I will be watching you work. Because the amount of, of benefits that you, can, that you can get from that are really huge. Okay, so my first thing would be search for average conditions in the country that you have chose and try to learn as much as possible while you are working and in your free time. Just, just try to get some mentors and, 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 and try to help them. I mean, simple stuff. I mean, okay, so, so we, I can tell you like, okay, I'm, I would like to assist you. And uh, um, I'll just help your nurses doing something. I'll, I'll be more than happy to help. Because this is, <laughs> I don't see this as common today. I don't, I don't find this attitude very common today. And uh, when I look back, people that really got interested by my work a few years ago are now very, uh, my work and that, that people that had that mentality are, are, are very, very good clinicians. And I, I think that today, sometimes people ask me, oh, I'm going to go and see you work. And they come for once or two days. And then they realize how intense it is. Because you are like eight hours or a full morning standing there, doing, do, watching me doing surgery, watching me manage my practice, or watching me talking to patients. And it's boring, you know. There's a lot of things that are not very sexy. I mean, the, the normal stuff. Of course, that there's some very interesting stuff. But, but sometimes it's... it's uh, I may eventually have an afternoon that is not very interesting from a clinical point of view. But you always learn by watching me uh, talk to patients, presenting treatment plans, and doing stuff like that. And I, I think that many clinicians, most of the clinicians undervalue that possibility uh and i always say yes when someone wants to, to watch me practice always and i think that most clinicians would say yes so number one number number one focus first years try to get financially independent try to learn and just accept average working conditions in the first years because because you have nothing to offer there's actually you have no conditions whatsoever to ask for anything because Number one, you don't even know who you are or what you like, and you haven't proven anything yet. So that would be my advice for the first two or three years. And let's, let's go a, a, a little bit further then. So you have passed those two or three years, um, and you were able yes. already to understand uh, a little bit better what you, what you want. You were already able to yeah. develop also some uh, yeah. of your technical skills, which is very important. Like yeah. you said, the, the first the first two, three years are not only to learn, but also to develop technical skills. Yeah, exactly. And then you already have some experience. You already know yeah. a little bit. Uh, you already are, are inside yeah. more of, 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 of the industry. And of the of the game <laughs> that is played, yeah, yeah. Um, and in that situations, how do you uh, the how do you negotiate then your work conditions? Because yeah. at that stage, you no longer want to work um, as as a dental uh, nurse, for example. Because I I find it very interesting yeah. what you say, and I think that uh, you you learn a lot by watching others uh, work also but in order for you 
to uh, to develop not only the learning but also your technical skills you have to to also work so the, the, that two yes. three years it yes. has to be that balance like you said about yes. watching others yes. work uh, uh, trying to do your yeah. own work knowing that money is not uh, your main your main goal but you have to start uh, working but okay once you go yeah. through that two three years you are now in a position of start negotiating your yeah. work conditions yes what yeah. would be your uh, your advice then yeah i think that uh so so i think that after after the first cycle i would say well at least one year to, I, i think by the second by the end of the second year you're in a position of knowing look i like this i don't like this um and and this is why it's very important for you to be exposed not only to one single practice but also watch other people work i think this is really important because you should not limit your uh, um your influence to only one practice. I mean, you should be influenced by many different points of view in, ma in different practices. This is why I'm a big fan of asking to see someone work in different practices, just to, for you to understand how they work, what they do. And I mean, no one is going to be offended by asking, look, I would like to watch you work. And I think, I, I think it's really something that these people completely forget and they don't take this opportunity because the opportunity is there. Most of the people that I know would allow you to, 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 to do that. Do yeah. you think it has to do with the fact that I, I have this opinion that nowadays more and more uh, young people start to get specialized very soon? Uh, do you think it's because the fact that they specialize so they think that they don't need because they got more uh, because they they get out of uh, uh, the, the the university yeah. right and they go yeah. immediately to a specialization they have to have yeah. the money to pay that specialization so they need to work and once they get into the specialization then they are just in one field and they are learning from that people that that gives them the specialization course and they don't feel the yeah. need of learning from others. Do you think it's that that yeah. happens nowadays? I think that's, that, that's part of the reason. And I think there's, there, there's not one single way of doing things and we are all very different, but in general, I would say, uh, you would always be a better dentist. If before you, you specialize yourself, you do at least one, two years of general dentistry. I think that you will always be a better dentist. If you do that, because but you agree that there's this big hurry on uh, on yes, getting out of, of university yeah. and getting a specialization. Yeah, nowadays, yes, it is. yes, yeah. But but I think that you can eventually do that do that simultaneously. I mean, you can eventually start to doing your specialization, and at the same time practice some general dentistry. I I think that you sh you you can. I mean, it's a full if it's a full time specialization. It's different, but most of the times you'll have time. You'll have time to 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 work as a general dentist. What I see when I look back and I and I think about people that I know in Portugal and abroad that always follow the path of they they ended college and they they went immediately immediately to work as a specialist. Most of them they also worked as general dentists. Or they had some side jobs to 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 be able to grow as clinicians as well. So I think it's in the first two years, even if you have like a almost full time specialization, you should you should get some time to to be a general dentist. That's that's what I think. And uh, yes, today it's more and more common to be completely as to be a specialist. 
but I think that uh, I think that you you will be a more efficient clinician in your specialty if you have some experience in general dentistry for one, two, eventually three years. That's that's my point of view. Having said that, it doesn't mean that it needs to be necessarily this way that you need to delay your specialization. That, but you, you can, I, I think that you should have like once a week to work as a general dentist or an afternoon a week, at least even if you're doing your specialization, because that will make you, that will keep your ego checked, right? Because I think it's, uh, you, you, when you, when you end uh, university and you go, for, if you go for a specialization, I think that you have a very, very uh, uh, distorted a vision of um, of the reality of dentistry, and we talked about this very, very much. Which is dentistry is difficult. It's not. It's 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 a demanding profession, and I think that you have to test yourself. This is why I I I, I love the concept of experimentation because it's you are in the field, you are feeling uh, what do I like, what what don't I like. I I went I go and see this practice. This guy practice, work in his practice. I like this. I don't like that. I go to see someone else. And I, I think that getting that feedback, getting yourself exposed to as much as possible of different experiences is very, very, very important. But I think that you are right. I think that the fact that people go to specialization very soon, it's one of the reasons uh, that um, that they don't go through the, 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 the experience of general dentistry and, and watching some other people, uh, some other people work. Yeah, but coming back, coming back to the question, which is, okay, so, so this initial cycle is going on. I mean, you are working as a general dentist, um, and uh, now you realize that you want something else. You may eventually start to get some clarity of what you want to do. Maybe I want to do prosto, maybe I want to do ortho, maybe I want to do perio. Okay, so this is what I want to do. So I need to improve my working conditions. I think that I can give more. And therefore, this is very important. I think that I can give more. And therefore, I would need to give some specific conditions. And again, those are not necessarily financial. It can be to have the possibility of documented something. It can be the working conditions in terms of materials as well. Okay, that's something very important as well. Which in industry is very uh, important. Yes, yes, yes. Working conditions in terms of materials and stuff. And like time for the appointments. For example, okay, so we are usually talking about financial, yes. We are talking about possibility of evolution. We are talking about working hours. We are talking about um, practice location. Sometimes you may say, well, I'm too far away from home. I need to, I need to get closer from home, okay? Um, so one thing is negotiating the working conditions within the practice that you're working, right? The other thing is trying to improve your working conditions to, to go to some other practice. So let's focus on the first one. The first one, you work in this practice and you want to improve your working conditions. So in my point of view, one of the things that is really essential here, and I've talked about this before, is to, uh, to convince or to try to boost the existence of an initial examination appointment. Uh, because this is really the motor of every practice. The initial examination is what will bring you 
the work that you need is to give you the opportunity to do a correct diagnosis and then to present a treatment plan. And we, we, actually, if, if the listeners, they have doubts, you can, you can go back to one of our podcasts and we have a full podcast about the initial examination. So to make a long story short, initial examination is basically the biggest treasure that you have in your practice. That is what will allow you to do the dentistry that the patient needs and not only the dentistry that they want, right? It's not about forcing the patient to do certain treatments. It's about making them aware of what they need and presenting a treatment plan and therefore having the opportunity to work to, to practice a dentistry that you are really proud of and that you really want to do. Right? So the initial examination is really important. In that podcast, we talked about the importance of the checklist. We talked about the importance of having adequate time for that. This is really important. right? So one of the things that you can do if you work on an existing practice, you can say, look, I think that we don't have an initial examination here or the initial examination is not structured, is not well communicated in the reception. And I think that... If we do the initial examinations, we'll have these and these and these and these advantages, which will bring us more treatments to do and will be more professional. And I think this is the way to go, right? And uh, you have to always, you always have, when you talk, to, when you propose a change, you always have to place yourself in other people's shoes. And you can always say, look, I understand this is a change. And changes sometimes are difficult, but I'm willing to help in that change. So I'm willing to propose initial examination checklist. And I am even willing, because I understand that charging or not charging an initial examination may be an issue. For example, in Portugal, I know it's an issue. I don't think you should. I think you should charge it. I think you should charge it. But sometimes it's an issue and people undercharge or sometimes they don't even charge, which is also has some legal implications. But I think you should charge. But what you need to understand is that you need to place yourself into a position that you are not doing the initial examination for the money. You are doing the initial examination because it will bring you the treatments and therefore the financial rewards um, that you are looking for. And I think this is why it's so critical that you try to advocate and boost and promote the implementation of an initial examination everywhere that you work, everywhere that you work. Because that, that is the secret. That will help you to do a correct diagnosis, to give you time for diagnosis. That will help you uh, learning how to talk to the patient, eventually talk even about finance, financial constraints and treatment planning. And that will make you grow a lot and it will bring you a lot of treatments. I mean, you don't, I usually say this, uh, you don't make money. And when I talk about making money, you have to understand that I always talk about making money honestly and well-deserved. I mean, dentistry should be uh, fairly paid. Should the, the price that people pay should be fair so that the doctors and th that the dentists can be paid what is fair for their expertise. So when I talk about making money, it's always within an ethical context. So you don't make money in dentistry by making the treatments or by making a lot of treatments, by making, uh, uh, by increasing the amount of treatments. You make money by thinking and presenting about the treatments and presenting treatments to patients. This is where you make money because this is where you um, 
make the patient aware of what they must do. And this is a really, really central part in any practice. So negotiating for the initial examination and placing yourself in a position that you are willing to give yourself for the initial examination, you may say, look, I'm eventually willing to work for free for the initial examination for six months. And after six months, if you believe that is bringing rewards, then I would like to be paid X for this initial examination. And if you believe so, we can eventually uh, uh, negotiate uh, some better working conditions for me. For example, I would like to have some of these materials. I would like to work with this certain laboratory. I would like to increase prices here and there for certain treatments. So if you believe that this initial examination is bringing something here, is bringing some positive things to the practice, I would also like to be able to work with this lab. I will also be able to work with this material. I will also be able to sometimes take more time to document a few cases that we can eventually use on our social media and stuff like that. So the initial examination is really an important part of the equation when you are negotiating. This Why? Because... Most practices, they don't do it or they don't do it correctly. They do something very that is not very valuable. Uh, they do it like in 10 minutes or 15 minutes or even half an hour. It's not possible to do that. You have to have time to diagnose. You have to have time sometimes to go home, do a good treatment plan, write it down, talk to the team, and then present it. Always remember, presenting treatment plan is not about the outcome, it's about the process. You have to focus on doing a very good process on diagnosis and presenting the treatment plan, and then things will happen by itself. So I would say that number one is foster or promote or try that the practice that you work with does a, a good initial examination, because that is the treasure. That is your financial treasure. The financial treasure in every practice is the initial examination and the treatment plan presentation. That's, that's what makes a difference. Really, it is what makes a difference. So I would say that my first hint would be that. Um, so for if you work in an existing practice, if you want to work in, improve your working conditions, that would be the first thing. If you don't have an initial examination, just do one. Um, yeah, but then, then there are a lot of other things that you can eventually... And do you, do you um, think, sorry... Before we we, yeah. we move on to the other things, do you think because you you made this uh, separation of scenarios one one if you are already working in a practice and then you you bring yes. the initial examination to the to the to the table yes but do you think that this could also yeah. be applied if you are um, uh, applying for a for a place in a in a in a, in a different practice so um, well if you yes. want to you can bring yeah. that also to the yeah. to the table yeah if you want to work in another practice um and we, we will come back to the first option in a little bit but if you want to work in another practice so let's say location is better or it's a practice that you admire and you want to work there i mean you no one knows you right right in the first one or two years no one knows you so what what are you what are your uh, what is the tools that you are going to use to convince them to be with you? You have to always remember, you have to give something before you get. Maybe you have already a good portfolio of cases. That's, that's I think that's in the industry is very important. Yeah. And I think that nowadays yeah. um, with, with the photography and with the tools that there are in the yes. industry, I think that that's a good portfolio yeah. and you and the, uh, 
starting documenting your cases is much better exactly. than a, a, a CV because if you look at uh, cases and just words in a paper, I think it's uh, I think that's really an, an important thing for dentists nowadays um, for them to start yeah. documenting their cases as soon as possible because it makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that one of the, the, the if if you already have some documented cases for the first one, two or three years, this is why it's important that you you have to give yourself before you ask. So uh, also investing in a camera is important, right? You're saying I think that you you don't have to have like a top notch or or, or um, the, the 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 top model of cameras but you have to have a decent camera that you can photograph your cases learn to photograph so that if you want to move on to a better practice you have to show them your work look this is the work that i have um and i would will i was i, I was willing to i would be willing to go uh, to go there uh to work but uh i, I don't think that also if you are in, for example, in Portugal, which, which is, there's a lot of dentists, there's an excess number of dentists. I don't think that you should just send a CV and with a portfolio. I, I would say that 99% of the CVs that I, that I receive, they don't have a portfolio, 90%. So if you have a portfolio, it's better. But let's be honest. Does a simple email will guarantee you an interview? It will not. So I think that you have to have a different approach. My opinion. In my opinion, I don't think that a CV through email it works today. I think you should eventually can send a C, you can send an email, but I think that if it's a practice that you really consider, I think that you should seduce them. <laughs> How would I do that? I would message that I, I would become friends on social media with the clinical director or with the person that works there. I would approach them in events and I would like, and I will tell, look, I'm, I'm, a, I, 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 I'm a big fan of your practice. Um, and just be honest, it's, I would really love to collaborate that in the future. But if I, even if it's not possible, just let me see you guys work. Let, let, just let me be there and let me learn something. And I will, whatever you need, I'll try to help you with that. You, and, and another very important thing, which is, you know that, uh, some people, when you when they ask you for something, you are always afraid that you are going to give a finger and then they are going to ask for the full arm, right? So you have to lower the expectations and lower the stress. It's the same thing that I do when I do a treatment plan presentation. I tell them, look, it's going to be 20000 If you want or if you don't want, it doesn't matter. Let's just have a conversation here. So it lowers the stress. So when you meet someone in a new practice for a new practice or for applying for a new practice, you have to tell them, look, I know I know you don't need anyone. It's it's fine. I'm not expecting anything in the future. So relax about that. I just want to see you work, right? I would just like to see you work and if there's an opportunity, I would be willing to give you X and Y and Z. What, what, what would I be willing to do? Look, I would be willing to develop a periodontal uh, department. I would be willing to, to develop a neural hygiene department. I would be willing to, to develop the initial examination structure. I would be willing to help taking more. I, I, would, I would take more. I would photograph your cases. I would video. I would do videos of your cases. 
or uh, um, I would eventually help you in doing something else. So don't, don't, don't think about paying me. And the thing is that this is so rare today. If when, you, when I find someone that is willing to give before they get, this is so rare today. Really, really rare. Why? Because I think that people, and sometimes it's true, people, they believe that most of the, the, the practices, they just want to take advantage of, uh, of young dentists, right? And they might eventually be right in some situations, but so they become very defensive. Oh, no, this guy is going to take in, the, this, this clinic is going to take an advantage of me. Let's be honest. In the first years, you are going to do a lot of bullshit, right? You're going to do some mistakes. You're going to do some things that are not right. You're going to try to extract teeth and you have to, to ask some of, someone else for help. So actually, it's like an internship. You are help, you, you are you are sometimes getting more than what they are getting, right? So you have to not forget that. So always try to give something before you get. And I don't think that email directly works. I would do, I would probably go and meet that person, and I won't say, I won't appear in the practice without uh, an appointment or without uh, uh, something that is scheduled, because I think that's a little, a little bit invasive, but I would meet them in congresses. I would know where they would be speaking, or if I met them in congresses, or I'll just email them or on social media, just introduce yourself on social media. Look, this is me. Uh, I really admire your work and your practice, and uh, I would like to help in some other ways. And relax, I'm, I, I'm not expecting anything in the future, but at least let me just, if it's, it's, a, if it's a practice that you really want to work with, there's nothing wrong. And if, you, and if you have some one or two, this is why it's really important to have like one, one day off to be able to, to pull these things, to go to that other practice. I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to watch you work and I expect nothing in return except for the opportunity. And I would be willing to give you this, which is I would if I would help develop in your practice this, the initial exam, uh, an implant department, orthodontic department. If, an, if it's an orthodontist, look, I'll just change the brackets and change the, ar the, 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 the arches of, of, your, of your cases. But I, will be, but I want to learn more from you. And... And I, I'm not expecting that you hire me, but I just like to learn that. This is how you get inside the practice, right? And introducing yourself and placing yourself out there and telling them, look, I'm about, I, I, I am willing to give more than to what you are expecting. I think this is the goal. Mm -hmm. so, yes, what you are t uh, saying is that being proactive is very, is very important. Absolutely. So if you want, yeah. you want uh, yeah. something, go uh, after it don't and in the industry just nowadays a cv is just uh, and sending your email with the um, it's not with your cv yeah. it's not enough uh, nowadays you have you can document your cases you, you have social media nowadays that you can introduce yourself so uh, likability and 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 uh, to be proactive it's very it's still very very important and and it's important for you to differentiate your yourself and also uh i think that uh once you 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 go through those first years um it uh it, i think that proactivity is also important so that in order to to help the the other person understand uh why 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 you deserve what you are uh, uh 
requesting or what you are negotiating, right? So th it's like they have to believe your your worth because I think that in the dentistry, when you when you have a, a clinic, uh, and I was never a, a, a clinic owner, but I can understand that when you when you give someone a job, you are uh, really trusting this 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 person yeah. to yes, this person to, to see your 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 patients. Exactly. Um, exactly. So you also have to bring something to the table to help them understand why yes. why you deserve this 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 place and also why you deserve uh, some 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 working uh, conditions because like we said it's not yeah. only about the the money and sometimes. Uh, I think it also helps to understand um, that clinics have financial uh, constri constrictions, and sometimes uh, the of financial course. needs might not be able to be to be met. But there are other things exactly. uh, on, on on the table. You said that uh, already. Some of those um, things. Um, yeah. You so can, yeah. 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 You, you can eventually say, look, I know that you want me to work every Saturday, but look, um, I think I've been doing a good job and I, I, I would like to have like two, two free Saturdays a month to go out and to spend a weekend. I mean, that's perfectly legitimate to do so, you know, um, that would be one thing um, that the other thing would be, OK, just let me one morning a month. Let me just document a few cases or one morning a week. Just let me document a few cases. Um the other thing would be, let me write, let, 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 let's do a very, very good case together or something like that. I mean, just, just, just take some very good pictures here. And regarding the money, and now we are back on improving. So we talked about improving the working conditions in your, the place that you are working or improving the working conditions in another, or starting to work in another place. Now, if you work in one place and let's now, Talk about the elephant in the room, which is how do I gain more money in this place? How do I do more of the procedures that I like to do in this place, right? So I think that it, again, has to do with, with this, which is you have to give before you get. So let's say, for example, you don't, you don't do any fixed prosto in that practice and you want to start doing that. You can say, look, um, I think that I, I've been studying a lot and I prepared to do some prosto cases here. Uh, would you let me do that? And you can start with the simple stuff, but I, I am prepared for that. And you have to say, look, I am willing to sacrifice my percentage for the first case that I do. Because if you don't have any experience, that's what you have to do. You are learning, right? I mean, if you are doing a post-grad course in Prost, or if you have some practice, that's one thing. But if you are not, you have to sacrifice your percentage in the first case. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong because you are learning to do that. You're not going to say they're going to do that forever, but I would say, look, in the first cases, in the first 10 cases or 20 cases, just, just let me, I will abdicate for a part of my percentage, okay? I'm just going to make that half, okay? Just let me do some of those cases. That, that would be an approach. Uh, but for that, I mean, look, how can you gain trust of the people that you work? You gain trust by getting there on time. I mean, if you are always 10 minutes late, I mean, do you think that you have, do you think that you are in a position to ask something? You are, if you are constantly late for work, because sometimes people, they ask for a lot of stuff, but the basic stuff, they don't do it, 
right? Or for example, um, you you unschedule you your always, patients. Yeah, that's it. If you are always canceling your patients or canceling patients, I mean, if, if, if that's something that you can't. Uh, practice policies usually should, they should prevent you from doing this, but you should never unschedule your patients because you have gone going to vacation, right? And I mean, my thing is one month ahead. I think it's okay. One month, one month before, I think it's okay. Less than that, I would never unschedule a patient. And if you arrive late, if you don't have a good working environment. If I mean, if 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 nurses don't like you, none of the nurses like you. If you don't, I mean, one thing is being demanding. The other thing is like being an idiot. If you are an asshole and an idiot to nurses, no one's gonna want to negotiate with you. If you arrive late, if you don't bring some positive energy, if you keep on scheduling patients, you are in no position whatsoever to negotiate. So let's start with the basics, right? Because sometimes we forget that. I mean, just just don't be an asshole, right? And just do what you have to do. You should arrive on time. And that's something that I sometimes believe that people don't get this right. They, they believe that they can, 10 minutes, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay to arrive late to see patients. It's very bad. If you can't arrive early, at least arrive on time, right? So, but again, you are in this practice and you, you did things right you arrived on time you were respectful for the nurses you were respectful for the patients um and you want to do some prosto right one thing is to abdicate for the for part for half of the percentage that you would be working in the first case the other thing uh can be for example um okay so i would like to increase let, let's say you the the condition the financial conditions are not very good you want to earn more money you think you deserve to earn more money Okay, so where does that money come from? Guess where? Initial examinations. This is where the money comes from. If there is an initial examination, okay, let's try to improve that. If there is none, again, okay, so I would like to, to create a, a structure for initial examination in this practice. And again, I know this will bring me, this will bring us more treatments, this will bring us more financial returns. And let's try this for six months, let's try this for one year. And then if it works, if it works, I would like my conditions to be better by X, if you think it's, it's, it's important. And there's nothing wrong by saying that. The, th the, the thing here is this, if you believe you are being, you arrived on time, if you arrive on time, I mean, I think that in a podcast with... Um, with uh, Diogo Guerreiro, we talked about this. If you arrive, arrive clean, if you are arrive clean and on time, half of the job is done. Because many people, I would say half of the people, they don't arrive on time. This is really interesting because we sometimes believe that you have to be, you have to be a spectacular clinician. I mean, if you arrive on time, you are above 50% of people. Most people are really lousy at this. Trust me. If you arrive on time, you are above 50% of people. So if you arrive on time, if you, treat, if you treat people good, if you are cool, if you like, if you, if you know how to treat people well, etc., etc., you will be in a position that there is nothing wrong with saying, look, I would be willing to do this and in, for a few time. And in return, I think that after that, you can even leave that open. After that, we can eventually negotiate our working conditions because I think I would, I would like to be financially rewarded slightly better or a little bit better uh, 
because I think this will work. There's nothing wrong by doing that. Nothing wrong. But you have to feel that you deserve this, right? It's not about the money. It's because you are willing to do a better work and therefore you deserve this. If you have this conversation and from the other part, the answer is uh, very negative or very surprising or not, not very agreeable at all, I think that you are working in a place that is not very healthy. That's number one. Or number two, actually, you are an asshole and you arrive late and you treat everybody, everybody bad and you are not aware of that. But if you don't do that, if you have an honest conversation with the, per- with the person, I think that in a practice that it's worth to keep on, you will have an open position. I mean, you'll have like a, you'll have understanding about that, and you will. It doesn't mean that you will get exactly what you want, but there will it that it will start a negotiation about that, right? Because it's not only about you want; is what the, what's the best for the both parties, right? For you and for the practice. So this is the start of a conversation, and there's nothing wrong with that. I would like to have better conditions, but please. The trick is always this, let me allow to do a good initial examination. Because if you do initial examinations in between appointments, I trust you that you are not proposing a lot of treatment. You are under-treating your patients, in my point of view. This is why to get adequate time for a good treatment plan, diagnosis, and presentation, this is really the key. If you want to do more of certain types of treatments, you need to do more initial examinations. You need to make that more available in the practice. You need to, eventually you need to be available to do that almost, even almost for, for a very little amount of money because what you will get is very good. And then once you get these results, and this is important, once you get the results, then you are in a position to negotiate your position. Why? Because you brought something to the practice that most of the people are completely asleep most of the practice they don't they don't they have no clue about this and they don't want to change if you bring the initial examination i can guarantee you that you will do more treatment you'll get more financial rewards for that and you'll be in a better position to negotiate materials uh, appointment times uh, and even percentage of course within some boundaries of course within some boundaries and it doesn't That's mean I- that and 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 yeah yeah no uh sorry to interrupt you that's what i was going to ask you because uh there are some um salary aspects in dentistry when you yes when you are working for for someone that no amount of negotiation can uh, can change there are some uh some boundaries on, yes. on that um so you know yes. as a clinic yes. owner you have that math done how much you uh, is the cost of having someone working uh, yes. uh, for you and yes. how much you can pay them. So, and there's no amount of negotiation yeah. that can change Absolutely. that. There's a ceiling uh, for that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I think that the other person has to be able to understand that, uh, that those uh, constraints because, uh, and in your case, you have all of the math done and you explain exactly yeah. why you are paying what you are paying to the yeah. colleagues that work uh, with you. Um, yeah. But, and and my question here is, so if you understand this con- constraints, 
what can you then negotiate? And you already said it, right? Some materials, etc. But I would like you to elaborate a little bit more on yeah. that because I think that in dentistry there is this constraint, and I hear it all the time. You know, colleagues uh, yes. saying, "Ah, the clinic owners saying, ah, they have no clue how expensive it is to have yes. a practice. They're yes. working for them to work. I'm work. I'm, I'm paying for them to to work. The whole clinic is depending on me because colleagues they don't bring any money to the to the to the yeah. practice. They have no idea how much it costs. Uh, yeah. my, the 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 fixed costs here. So, I think there has to have the person that is. Uh, going or working on that practice have to have the ability to understand these constraints and um yeah. and if there is this 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 ceiling these limits that have to be uh respected how can you then compensate this i i think it's a very interesting question what you, what you what you what you said and i think it would be also nice that we could link on this episode the link for the podcast of initial examination, and also the link for the podcast where we talk about the, all the financial aspects. And you are absolutely right. I mean, it depends on the I country that. that you are working. Yeah, it depends on the country that you are working, for example. And, I, and I'm very blunt about this. In Portugal, it's almost impossible to pay 50%. It's almost impossible. It doesn't mean that it's some practices do that. Uh, but it's very difficult. It's not a sustainable business. I mean, you may be playing with some, you may be playing with your father's money or your mother's money or your family money, but you're not building a business. You're just surviving. If you play, if you pay 50%, well, you can always say, oh, yes, but uh, you can charge a lot. I mean, yes. Um, if you charge, I mean, let, let's say the average, let's talk about the concept of average. What, what's the average price of a dentist in a given place, in a given town or in a given, uh, country, right? Of course that, I mean, I charge above the average of my hometown because I think that my, our services are above the average, right? But price is very, it's a very important thing, you know, very important thing. It doesn't, price defines you. If, if it's the higher price, you, you better be better. You better deserve it. This, that's the concept of value, right? You better deserve that. Now, 50%, I was saying it's almost impossible to work. Why? Because the average price is, for example, in Portugal, you would have, for you to pay 50%, you would have, in my, my opinion, you have to charge 50% or almost the double of the average price. And that makes it extremely difficult for a practice to survive. It's very difficult to charge very, very, very much above the average. Um, so I think it's 50, paying 50% for a dentist. It's really, really important. Very, very difficult. You may eventually pay, for example, you may eventually pay 50% for someone that comes here only for, to do some very expensive procedures like implants or um, I don't know something that is really expensive. Let's say that justifies that. But for regular, let's say for general dentistry, um, I don't think it's possible to pay fifty percent of the of of the value of the appointment, of the appointment, right? Uh, because uh, the costs of materials are very, 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 very. I mean, it's huge, the, the, the prices of the materials. So I would say that 50%, 50% of the profit on general dentistry, which equals about 40%, 40% of the, 
of the overall uh, cost of the treatment, that makes sense. I would say 50% of the profit, which is completely different, right? And sometimes when, pe when people say 50%, I'm talking about general dentistry. When people say 50%, it's 50% of the final price. It's very difficult to do that. So like you were saying, yes, there are financial ceilings here, right? But it doesn't mean there's not always a space for negotiation. For example, I pay... In my practice, I pay 40%, 40% in general dentistry, and I also pay 40% of the profit in like implants and prosto. Uh, because I think that in the prices that I work, in the, the home, in, in the town that I work, I think this is what is reasonable and allows me some, some potential for evolution in investment in the practice, right? In the long term. And also if I want to sell the practice. That's very important. I mean, if I want to sell the practice in the future, I need to have it financially sustainable, right? Now, this doesn't mean that I cannot, um, in, I, I don't give incentives to my uh, associates, to, to the people that work with me. So, for example, if Luis uh, presents a treatment plan that is going to do the implants and the prosto is Teresa that she's going to do it, uh, he earns a part of that. And if Luis is going to present a treatment plan that includes ortho, and then Margarita is going to do it, he's going to earn a part of that, right? So there's that. Um, uh, so there's always some, some, and it also depends on, on, on you. I mean, if you are working in a practice, and if you are not the owner, if you work in that practice, you can say, well, uh, maybe I can eventually, I'm, I'm here at 35%. Maybe I can say, look, um, I will if 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 my income goes above X, I would like to have uh, some extra percentage. What do you think about that? There's nothing wrong with that as long as you have the clear feeling that you are also worth of that. That there's a sense of fairness in that. That yes, I've been working my ass off. I've been I mean I arrive on time. I treat the patient with respect. I care about the people. I want to know the people. How, 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 for example, if no one calls the, the, the patient after an extraction, you want to make sure that they call it. I mean, if you show that you are genuinely an healthcare provider, that you, that you are a professional, there's nothing wrong with asking for, a better, for improved working conditions. Of course, there's, this, there's a ceiling. But even within those, if you are a, a, a good, a good uh, um, element there inside the team, there's nothing wrong with negotiating that. There's nothing wrong with going and saying, look, I think that I would, um, I would like to have some, so some sort of incentives or eventually you can eventually uh, create a system of incentives here. Uh, because I think that um, that my behavior and my professional attitude, there's nothing wrong with saying that. This is what I think. But also you have to be open to, to if other people say, look, but yes, you did this, but this, this and that, I don't think that you were right. And you have to be able to be humble enough to say, yes, you are correct. And I think that's, that's one of the things that sometimes lacks here is the open communication with, uh, with other team members, just being honest with other people, having, having clear conversations about, um, about uh, what your expectations are. It's not about giving ultimatums, right? It's like, it's like this or it's not like this. It's about a proposal, right? And there's nothing wrong with receiving a no. It's fine. Okay, so 
it's okay. So you just have to see. You just have to keep doing your work and eventually seek for other opportunities. But look, there's something that I really enjoy, which is uh, easy conversations, difficult life. Difficult conversations, easier life. So it's important to have these conversations that you think that sometimes you're not prepared. That there's nothing wrong with that. Those things make you grow, and and those things actually show show. Um, the, 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 the practice owner that you have character and that you are willing to have difficult conversations. They, it shows what you're made of and it will eventually uh, bring benefits to you. So there's nothing wrong with negotiating your financial situations. But again, you have to bring something to the table and always remember this. If you think there's something that can be improved towards the initial examination and treatment plan presentation, go for that. Go for it because that is really the treasure of the practice. That's the secret. That's the, 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 the heart of the practice. What makes everything pumping is the initial examination and the treatment plan presentation because that's where you make the money. They don't just go there and say, because otherwise you'll just be doing general dentistry. You have to diagnose and you have to present. How do you do that? You need to have time for that. You need to have a structure for that. That's not, that cannot be an accident. So, yes, if you are working in a practice and you want to improve your local, your, your, your existing working conditions, there's nothing wrong with having that conversation as long as you also bring something to the table um, and you, as long as you think it's something that is fair uh, for you. So there's nothing wrong with that, with, work, with, with improving the working conditions and asking for materials or asking for more hours to see a patient. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I think that we covered a lot of uh, a lot of things here. I will put the link for the episodes that you mentioned uh, to the episode of it. I would say, I would, I would just I would just I, I sorry I would just add one thing and that that you also talked in the beginning, which is sometimes you just have to change and leave. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's if, also. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think that's also, and this has to do with, for example, negotiating your work conditions in a new practice. So in a clinic that you don't know the people, it's very, it's very important for you to understand the 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 place where you are applying to. So I think it's very important yeah. for you to really know the culture so it's that, that you can align your values. And communication, like you said, is also very important. So if you are working for a, a place that i know i don't know the, the they have values like uh, uh respect uh, uh um uh, being on time you know so and uh, providing high quality dental care with good materials you know um you you have to really also uh because i think that's very very important because if you are working uh in a place that you have to work every half an hour and with not good materials, you will never have the opportunity maybe to practice the dentistry that you want to practice. So I think that's also very, very important. And that also should be taken in consideration. And like you said, sometimes you are in a place where you try to find excuses or whatever, but it's, it's just like your values don't align. You are working in a place that don't let you practice the dentistry that 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 you want and and you can see that by by 
if you don't, the communication is not getting you anywhere. If you keep on doing all these uh, proposals and, like you said, you try to implement the um, the initial examination and the answer is immediately no. Or uh, so it's. I think it's very important for you to all also be opening to yeah to change and to and to other 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 places and also in dentistry it's a very important thing that you said in the beginning you might not even like the clinical work so be open also to change there's a lot of things that you can do in dentistry nowadays besides the clinical work so be open to explore other things if you are not happy and if you reach the end of the day start hating what you are doing and start hating the the people. I think that's a. I'm I'm I say it all the time, and it is interesting because uh, uh, Professor Antonio Mata also said it's not normal if you are a, a healthcare provider and the people that you are supposed to serve are transformed and in, in your biggest uh, stressors, and you complain all the time about that. So. Try make yourself these questions. What's happening here that uh, I, I complain all the time? So yes, and sometimes you might need a change, but sometimes it might need that you feel that you are underpaid. Um, but this all can, I think that we brought this view uh, into this question that you have to be open to bring something to the table. You have to be open to also understand the person across the, the that you are talking to you have to be open to um to also understand that you are negotiating a, a job offer not a salary so i think this is very important in dentistry also because i think that money comes in dentistry if you do a good job if you if you are happy in what you do money will will come maybe you'll never get to yeah. be a billionaire i don't think that happens in industry nowadays or if it ever happened only being with being a dentist but but you can have good money in the in dentistry if you are honest and if you have if you like yes. what you do but i think it's very yes. important to to consider the whole package so especially work hours because dentistry is very heavy so if you can negotiate yeah. your work hours it will allow you to better keep your work-life balance uh uh, in order. Also, uh, the opportunity of growth. I think it's very also important in dentistry because in dentistry, you always have to keep up with learning. You always have to be to be in order for you to be able that you are um, on the top of your game. You always have to keep up on learning and studying. And mm. um, so the opportunity for growth is very is very important. And and there's a lot of things here that can be negotiated, but it's about giving and taking, giving and taking. But yes. I think that, and I think that this was an important episode because the view yeah. that you bring about the initial examination, that it's really a game yeah. changer on the way that you watch something that you can bring to to a clinic, I think that's yes. um, that's really, 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 really important. Yeah, and one thing that I would like to add just before we we finish this is the initial examination is the biggie. The initial examination will naturally create 
organization in the practice. Because if you structure initial examination, you will see that you will need to structure all of uh, all of the other aspects in terms of communication with the team. So I would say that yes, you can say, well, uh, I would be willing to structure in the, uh, the implementation of the initial examination here. But when I talk about initial examination, I can also talk about something like, uh, okay, let me just do a protocol for uh, um, oral hygiene instructions, or let me just do a protocol for what are the things that we prescribe to patients in terms of medication. Let me do a protocol for this. So if you think that in the practice, that's something that is not right, just be um, proactive, like you said. Just proactive. be proactive. Look, I think that here we are. Um, uh, I think that we are underworking here. I think that we could improve this. And instead of criticizing, look, my proposal. I'm going to write down a system. I'm going to write down some structure, and I'm going to present to you in the meeting, or sometimes saying something like this. For example, uh, I think that we should implement a system of meetings here in the practice. What do you think about that? Once a month, let's all do a Zoom. Okay, let's structure that. I'll organize that. Okay? So, but you have to facilitate the situation. Or, for example, um, uh, what we'll also do uh, is uh, I want to, I, I would like to write a protocol for the oral hygiene appointment. I would like to write a protocol for the implant, for the preparation of the implants in the uh, for the for the 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 treatment room for the implants i'm going to write down the uh, 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 a piece of paper i'm going to write that down i'm going to give that to the nurse because i think that we could improve in terms of infection control so just do something if you think that something needs to improve just propose that well you may say well i'm going to i'm they are basically taking advantage of my work no you are actually learning what you are doing is I learning in the field and that 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 lesson will be helpful for you in the future. Eventually, if you won't even want to open your practice or if you go to some other practice because you already have work done. So don't don't feel that you are being taken advantage of because you are always learning in the, in the early days of your career. You are always learning. Yeah. Yes. So yes, I think yes. that was that was a good one. Yeah. Yes, and uh, also, if you want to know much more about this, join us in our in our conscience leadership course because yes. we give you yes. all the. Uh, I mean, you give all the 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 protocols and all the systems that, uh, in order to make your clinic work that way, um, in this in the in a structure uh, way. And we also work on the on the mindset, on the growing the mindset, mindset yes. which is very which is very yeah. uh, important because what I think that what you just said for you to be able to shift that perception of being taking advantage to uh, no 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 I, this is a learning uh, opportunity. It's really the difference between um, a fixed mindset and a, a, a growth mindset. So um, and I think that. Actually, that's what we do in the course. We give both perspectives, so the, the structure and the mindset uh, perspective. So just go to softbytes.online and you can read all about our course. But that's, that's uh, I think, if you are interested in all these questions and how you can bring this to your 
GR clinic, um, you should you should consider in joining us. So and on, I and another thing, don't forget to document your cases. I think this is very important because I think in the industry and you said that you have a clinic and you said that it's the 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 most uh, um, uh, CVs that you get, it's still just a CV, right? So it makes no sense in the industry that nowadays with the technology that we have, just, I mean, uh, uh, just document your cases and join them in your, in your and put, put together a portfolio and uh, together with your, your CV. It makes, makes all the difference because if you are, if we are talking about to make someone understand why you you should you should get hired so that's not better in the industry i think that's 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 key nowadays i think that's key nowadays okay so and i, I thank uh, you. We, we haven't mentioned yeah. that much about this sorry we haven't mentioned that much about this but there's nothing wrong with working in a country that will give you better conditions there's nothing wrong with that yeah of course i mean it's just it is what it is if you think that okay uh, this is my goal uh, I want to be financially independent for my parents and I will not be able to do so here in the meantime. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It can be a very wise decision. It depends on each case. You just have to evaluate things. You can do, go there for a couple of years and then come back. You can go and stay there. You can work here and there. There's, there are many ways of, of doing that. But I think it's it's just have to experience and test and, 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 and just do something. Just do something and, and, and try to experience what you think would be the best, um, the best environments for you. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that's what we always, I think every episode we say, we say this, do what feels yeah. really experiment. Because I think that, I mean, it's not only in the beginning, it's across our, our whole life. Yes. Uh, we yes. have to uh, really see what's, what feels right for, for us, not what we should or are supposed to do, but what we really uh, believe that it's, it's the right thing for, for us. Thank you so much, Andre. Thank you. That was a very good one. We are getting better at this. First of all, I think that yes. my microphone is much better now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we are getting better. The at sound this. is the, the sound is much better. Yes, and and yes, it's yeah. always a, a a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. Just go to Soft Bites online, read about our course, and we see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye.